Hi, welcome to another episode of Proof Beyond Reason. This is Geology coming at you with J Mo and Mike the Baptist. We here, we here. Got a got a serious topic to talk about today. What are we talking about today, Mike? Talking about hell. Hell. Ooh. The hell out of here. <laughs> <laughs> um you know, it's a it's a it's a really tough topic. <laughs> it's a really <laughs> tough topic. Um because uh because of the implications. Like, you know, you there's so many different views on 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 what hell is, what it can be, um, and uh, and and this topic of hell has been downplayed so much, <laughs> and has also been played. The card has been played also so much in the other side, uh, uh, as a, like a scare tactic to scare mm-hmm. people into. Um, but I think if we had to choose one side or the other, I would I would choose the scare tactic because it's the reality that many of us will face and you can't have good news if you don't have bad news. And the bad news is eternal separation from God. Mm-hmm. We are enemies of God. We've set ourselves to be enemies of God based on our nature. And not only that, we in our behavior and our thought life and the things that we neglect to do that are good and and we don't measure up to God's standard. So in all of those ways, we have become enemies of God. And as enemies of God, the destination is eternal separation from God, which ultimately is hell. That is where we deserve to be. And yet in his grace, so unmerited favor and love, he sent us a substitute a substitutionary atonement in Jesus to be a propitiation for our sin. So he he sends a payment for our sin so that his wrath is satisfied against us and our sin through the person of Jesus Christ, giving us this gift of salvation where we're adopted as his children. And rather than having the destination of eternal separation, hell, we now have eternal uh, relationship with him uh, in glory, which is heaven. Um, and so it's something important to think about. It's something that's important to discuss. And, and for those believers out there, it's important to, to think about where you stand in terms of your relationship with God and, and have much appreciation. And if you're not a believer out there, uh, it's important that you understand the the reality of what is expected in the life to come so we'll kind of cover some different topics on uh some different pieces of what other worldviews believe in terms of what happens in the afterlife what the bible specifically states and let we can make logical conclusions as to what makes the most sense on the basis of what we experience in 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 the in the existential realm like you know so let's uh so let's talk about it I mean, it's a it's a tough topic, nonetheless, and uh, a lot of people take light of it. Uh, you see that nowadays, especially in the media. I don't know if you um you guys caught a few episodes of what's been going on. Um, the remake of Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Uh, uh, heard a little bit of things, yeah, but uh, I haven't seen it. That it's become popular. Um, you have this this whole out, uh, outlook of what hell is. So mm-hmm. hell, people take it as is. Satan's kingdom, mm. Satan rules over it, and then within it, if you if you look at it into the cult realm, it's basically a place of paradise where 
every sin is basically a, a go-to or a green light for sin. Wow. So that is basically what is being pushed. And I see that a lot. You see that in cartoons. I remember in the early Looney Tunes mm. where they would go to hell and you see Satan with his little yeah, pitchfork right. and like, yeah, yeah. yeah, he's tormenting it, but he's the king of hell basically. So he rules over it. But yet that is not entirely what the Bible says it is. Like nonetheless, like it is a place where he is going to get thrown with angels. Well, you mentioned uh, you mentioned it, it's a place because when I was doing some research on some people that they were talking about hell, they were trying this one guy. Uh, he was breaking down like the word of Sheol, which was mm -hmm. used in the Old Testament, Old Testament. And he was just saying it's a holding place. So it's it's not really like um, basically the conclusion he came out to was this is not really a place. Mm. It's more of a, a, a um, that you go into nothingness. So there are people out there mm -hmm. that don't like you were mentioning, you know, kind of like what hell is. It's a separation of God. But there are people that, that to, they feel that they take the punishment away. Mm -hmm. It's like it's just a place where you'll be separated from God. But why is that so bad? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, so for them, it's not a place of torment. Mm -hmm. uh, it's not a place for for judgment but right. it's more of a place where they either become nothing or they're just in a place that yeah is separated from god well that's Math not such a bad thing yeah according to them right yeah, yeah so matthew twenty five forty one uh says then he will say to those on the left depart from me you cursed into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels mm -hmm. so that's talking about why hell was created to begin with. It, it, the, it's prepared for the devils and angels. And and with our continued status of as enemies of God, it is also a place where you will go should you, mm -hmm. should you decide to be in line with that. So if you want to be in line with the enemy, that's your home. That's your future home as well because it is prepared for the devil and angels. So it is designated for them. It's not a place where they're going to celebrate. It's not a place where he's ruling with a pitchfork and poking you. It's a place where where God has dominion over. And that's something to even pause and think about. God is the one with dominion over this place. And I don't think many of us stop and think about and reflect on when we say the wrath of God that is the that it, we're talking about God exercising his right to punish sin and to do so justly all of us deserve it mm -hmm. none of us deserve to have any kind of opportunity to have a relationship with him and yet in his grace he will allow us to have a relationship with him like that's that's insane to even think about and the first thing someone can say, well, well, that's unfair. So the fair, so then they say the fair thing would be to ignore all of our sin and to make a, allow us to all go to bliss. But no, the fair thing would be to punish everyone, and everyone goes to the place that's designated for for hell, mm. um, or designated for the devil and angels. Everyone should be going there. That would be the fair assessment to do or to not acknowledge it in your life meaning um i choose not to believe in hell therefore it does not affect me mm -hmm. but the reality just because you don't believe in gravity there's just because you don't believe in 
uh, things that are laws in life doesn't mean they don't exist. Sure. And they do affect you, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. So, um, so as you can see already, you know, wh what is hell? What, what is, what does the Bible talk about when it describes hell and what is your, um, your experience, your interpretation of what it is? Um, from my take, um, I've learned from hell from the very occultic side, which is what I did explain about mm -hmm. like the paradise, what you see it as, um, hell is basically it, ver it switches. So heaven is the hell and you have hell as the heaven, so to speak. But um, through that aspect, I've always seen like a lot of people speak about like, oh, you're going to go to hell in that aspect when you're like a witch or something like that. And it's like you're going to have 30 virgins with you mm. and you're just going to commit these all these sins and it's going to be all glorious. You're going to be seen as a king, as as whatever. And yet on the other side, it's basically Satan takes on the throne of heaven and he conquers all. But yet, why does he have to take the throne of heaven when yet he's supposedly the king of hell? Mm. It's something I've always tried mm. to grasp uh, before. But uh, knowing now, especially uh, doing deep research with the scripture, I've known it as, in the sense, it's kind of like a mystery to me, hell, in essence. Because you read about it, it's like the gnashing of the teeth where mm. everything is darkness and it's like a lake of fire. But yet you mm. don't see that lake. But it's unquenching fire that you do not see basically it's it's complete darkness but you're burning but yet there's mm -hmm. no light whatsoever but the thing that always perplexes me is when i read the story of um in scripture lazarus and the rich man that was the verse i want to go yeah. to a little bit yeah so you have this rich man lazarus that they both die and instantly like uh lazarus gets carried on into heaven and you have the rich man he goes to hell and he does not question why he is in hell what he what he just basically asked for is for Lazarus to at least dip his fingertips in water and just to at least pass it through his lips and that right there but yet it's all he's burning like he knows what he did wrong that's this thing that always gets me it's like every time I would look into hell and that aspect no one really questioned why they were there most people would just be like I'm in hell and they want to tell people about it like so that they are forewarned not to be in hell mm. that's so on the occultic side um it was it's like it's still a physical place but it's not a bad place it's not a bad place whatsoever for them it's a good place where they can all dwell in happiness have their own part of the kingdom and their view of hell what we would call heaven what would kind of view would it would be basically hell where you have an overruling father or creator that's just ordering you to do things. That's their way of hell. That's trying so to punish their, them. So their um, view of their heaven would be like to doing whatever they want and, and rules and, and things Correct. like that still. But they see it as hell. So that's why you see a lot of people, especially in music uh, early on in the rock and roll, where there was like um, Highway to Hell or um, Let's Bring Hell on Earth. Mm -hmm. that type of mentality mm -hmm. where it was everything or everything or anything goes so whatever they wanted to do that's what they do and they're, they're trying to focus on that so to make satan's kingdom here on earth mm. well wow. there's a there's a song uh with biggie biggie uh so, uh the rapper biggie smalls um where he talks about that. I forgot what the track is called, but he says that he talks about, I'd rather go to hell. I'd rather we're, we're all black and go to hell 
you know, and blah, 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 whatever he says, instead of going with the goody, basically goody yeah, two yeah. shoes that are in heaven. And I think that's where the, mm-hmm. the, the, that would, would fall into is his mindset would be, would be in that realm. Mm. The, so this book, uh, cries from the cross by Dr. Erwin Lutzer, who's a senior pastor at, uh, <laughs> Moody Bible church in Chicago. Uh, he, um, there's a book, yeah, it's called cries from the cross and uh, page 115. He quotes Matthew Henry in the verse that G was just talking about. And he says here, um, the torments of hell. This is Lutzer quoting Henry. He says, the torments of hell are represented by a violent thirst in the complaint of the rich man who begged for a drop of water to cool his tongue. To that everlasting thirst, we had all been condemned. If Jesus had not suffered on the cross... So hell is heightened desires with increased with no, it's heightened desires with decreased satisfaction. Hell is the inflamed desires of the body with no possibility of drink. Hell is remembering the living water we could have enjoyed on earth that would have taken us to heaven. Hell is a lake of fire, a place of endless, unquenchable thirst. So you're hungry, you're thirsty, never get an opportunity to physically thirsty, spiritually, physically hungry, the desires of your heart. I, 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 you you could probably take it into what, what desires that, that would be, you know, you have an, you, you get itch, you know, you want to scratch, you're hungry, you're thirsty, you're, you're tired and you can never satisfy that desire. You can never get rest. You can never get drink. And you're ongoingly thirsty. It just doesn't go away. It's just always there, always there. You're hungry and it's always there, always there. It never goes away, never goes away. It doesn't satisfy. You can't, it doesn't get satisfied according to, to, to that commentary by Matthew Henry. Um, and that's what is alluded to in, in, in Luke chapter 16, verse 19 through 31. Um, that's like a scary thought. When I read that for the first time and... And I start to just reflect on that as a possibility of what hell is. In this life, we we want to exercise and we want to satisfy and gratify all of our desires. Mm-hmm. We we live as I think hedonists, right? That's what it is. Mm-hmm. We live as as people who want to receive pleasure always. So we create f- uh, philosophical parameters that would give us this inclusion of of satisfaction and pleasure and ongoing. I don't want pain. Mm-hmm. I don't want hurt. I have a little pain here. I'm going to take Tylenol because I don't ever want to feel pain. You know, I have restaurants everywhere because I never want to feel hunger. It's this way of kind of suppressing that feeling of discomfort. And when it talks about the rich man, the rich man, it says here, uh, was clothed in purple and fine linen who feasted every day. So this man was dressed, the purple was a representation of wealth, and he feasted every day. And at the gate laid a poor man named Lazarus, covered with sores, who desired to be fed with what fell from this rich man's table. Moreover, even the dogs came and licked his sores. The poor man died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's side. So this is a representation Mm -hmm. of him going into um, to be 
where the place of the Lord's presence is after death. The rich man also died and was buried. So if he was a rich man, the assumption is he he was buried in a very lavish way, he had a nice tomb, everything, right? And in Hades, so now he's escorted to this place, separated from God. Being in torment, he lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham far off and Lazarus at his side. He called out, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus to dip the end of his finger in water to cool my tongue, for I am in anguish and in this flame. Clear description of what this is. Jesus is what describing it. Jesus is, is telling you, giving you a picture of what this is. But Abraham said, child, remember that you in your lifetime received your good things and Lazarus like in like manner, bad things. But now he is comforted here and you are in anguish. And besides all this between us and you, a great chasm. So there's a separation between those areas. And somehow they were able to communicate in that moment, Mm -hmm. you know, with the depiction of what Jesus is giving has been fixed in order that those who would pass from here to you may not be able. Mm-hmm. So once you've been, once you're put in this place where God's presence is, then you will not be able to cross over on the other side, nor are you given an opportunity to venture off. And once you're, uh, once you're given this place and put in this place of separation from God after death, now there's no longer that opportunity to jump over because you're in the anguish. You're like, Oh my gosh, send me back, send me back. Like, no, no, no. Mm-hmm. You made your choice. I'll change. Yeah, you made your choice. Um, In order that those who would pass from here to you may not be able, none may cross from there to us. He said, then I beg you, Father, to send him, to send him, to send Lazarus to my father's house. For I have five brothers, so they may warn them, lest they also come to this place of torment. But Abraham said, they have Moses and the prophets. So in other words, they have the word of God. They have, uh, they have uh, uh, people who have spoken into, into them no regarding excuse. this. Yeah, so let them hear. And he said, no, Father Abraham, but if someone goes from the dead, they will repent. He said to him, if they do not hear from Moses and the prophets, neither will they be convinced if someone should raise from the dead clear distinction as to where the two parties will be mm-hmm. one party of repentance and faith in 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 god putting full confidence in who he is and salvation is of the lords and giving him full authority over their life boom this is where where they are and the other party chose not to chose to gratify according to this gratify self so eating a feast knowing someone else is in need just just you know that he has sores on his body this guy has purple purple you know wearing gucci wearing whatever you know what i'm saying he's wearing his thing um while this other guy's suffering and dogs are licking his wounds he is only gratifying himself in his life and he's getting all the satisfaction that life brings to him in this life jesus says uh, all that is in the world is lust, lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and pride of life. It is not of the Father, but of, it is of this world, and the world is passing away with the lust of it. But those who trust in the will of God will; uh, those who trust in the will of God will abide forever. And this is a picture of a man who has put complete faith, trust, hope in the fact that he is wealthy on this earth this earth is giving him all that is satisfied according to that picture right i don't know the man 
I don't know anything about him aside from that. So I can make all kind of narration that probably is inaccurate. But based on the story that Jesus is giving, he's painting a pretty clear picture that this guy might be of great status. People might see him as wealthy. Or a believer. And maybe he's a believer. So maybe because he's free from from disease and he's rich and he's eating well, this is a good man. When he gets buried, he gets buried with dignity. He had to be some type of... Um Israelite, honestly, because he's he's Moses and the prophets, right? He's describing truths that only they would know. Like, Correct. hey, why don't you just? He's calling Abraham Father Abraham, right? Father so Abraham, yeah, so please. he must be. So in that time period, if this man was get, had all this, all of this, he would be seen as a man who's blessed. It's almost like the karma kind of view is that if you if you're doing well, you're gonna get good things. But if you don't, if you're not doing well, it's probably because you're a bad guy. And that's kind of what we see the treatment. That That's where the picture is going. And I think the biggest part of that is the is the fact that in once life was over, there was now no opportunity to repent. It is only in this life. So either in this life you get full satisfaction, we give ourselves to the lust that, that is in the world. We give ourselves to everything that the world has to offer. Or we put our hope and get our gratif- gratification. We, get, we put our, our trust in him. We have our value in him alone, in God alone, and reap a reward later, right? Um, but the key there is this life, making the decision for this life but there's philosophies out there that would that would say contrary mm-hmm. you know there's um let me pull this up real quick there's so there was uh there's a number right i mean so many but there's pretty much six thought processes that you could um take when it comes to the afterlife so what happens between now and when i perish so you've got the the naturalist, or or I guess you would say, um, the evolutionists, the Darwinism, right? Where after this life, there's nothingness, right? We were made by accident. There's no the purpose in this life, right? There's 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 no purpose in this life. We're made at random, and when we die, we go to nothing. So essentially, in this life, live it up, right? Mm-hmm. All the all the the pleasures that you can possibly imagine because if, if if that's all you got that's it just do it right why what what's holding you back from doing it there's no punishment there's no consequence you do what you want that's it second view is the universalist where everyone is going to be okay so after death everyone is going to go to a place where you're happy this is where a lot of uh, times believers will make the mistake and say god is so forgiving and that's why the idea of purgatory um, i don't want to take you no that, that. that that goes to purgatory so go ahead you can, you can go yeah that. um that's why the idea of purgatory or what basically what purgatory is for those that don't know um is like a place like a holding cell i guess you can um before judgment where so, you atone for your own sin. Yeah, before there's like a final judgment. So like purgatory, the idea of a purgatory uh, means that there's a place that you go after you die and then you can atone for, you can um, make maybe make your amends. Mm-hmm. But as you read in that other example, 
in the Bible. <laughs> in the Bible, that guy when yeah. he's speaking, you know, uh, I believe he's speaking to Jesus, right? Yes. About about sending Lazarus and all the stuff, right? To him, right? In the, the, so the rich man was speaking to Abraham. Abraham. So Jesus is telling okay. the story. He sees Abraham, who's in the presence of the Lord, with this with this uh, Lazarus, and the rich man is speaking to Abraham, who's in the presence of God, saying, "Hey." send him over and he's like but because that chasm exists it's only like a glimpse so uh what that man that man even in in hell was asking for good things i mean he if you think about it it was like hey can just i don't want nobody to ever hurt again i don't want like very sincere very sincere sure but it was that chasm exists so once you're he was there it was impossible for him Mm -hmm. to do so purgatory is not a uh, a place that exists mm-hmm. it's not a place there's no holding cell there's no place once you you're you reach that final death you're dead you know basically mm-hmm. to put it in bla- uh, blatant terms right. you know, just you're dead there's no no opportunity to change yeah it's you know you you do, do you know about like Dante's Inferno and like all that I stuff? I know about Dante's Can Inferno. Can you explain yeah. just like a little bit of what? Uh, like- Dante's Inferno is basically uh, different <laughs> levels or there's nine levels of hell um, that Dante had to venture through. So there was a... Uh, tar- is this like a fictitious story? A guy really believes it? Folklore, like I don't know much. But, it's folklore, but, mythology. But people believe it. But people yeah. believed in the ancient times, yes. Okay, okay. So uh, Dante, he went through basically what you know or study as Tartarus, Hades, uh what you now know as common day uh shall mm-hmm. um but he had to venture through and each and each level of hell was uh, another level of torment so you had one level of mm-hmm. torment where um the people that were like rapists and things like that they were like like basically torn apart then you had the other one the other level were murderers and mm-hmm. things like that and then he kept going down and then he would go up into the another levels of heaven then but it's basically like that it's basically divides it up into categories of your sin mm. so that's basically the whole gist of it i get it because um us as humans we we don't like to equate one our sin we minimize our sin and then maximize other people's sin mm-hmm. so it's very hard for me to grasp that um i lied one time and i'm in hell and then you have adolf hitler who's massacred millions of mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. and he's right next to me Mm-hmm. It's very hard for us to grasp on that. So I can understand mm-hmm. like why Dante would create certain levels because why would I be in the same place mm-hmm. as as a rapist or sure. as a thing when I just lied once? Which is not real. In like you lied your whole life. Like you, you are saying, a liar, right? Yeah, and the reality, like you were saying with the gospel and when you opened it up, this discussion, you know, God is so perfect that without Jesus, Jesus is the atonement mm-hmm. for that one lie. Mm-hmm. That one lie can literally could separate me without Jesus, could separate me from God's mm-hmm. eternity forever, uh, living with God forever, in, in, in a relationship with him forever. That one lie. A lot of people don't understand. Um, they, they like to divide. Or, I mean, they don't like to divide. They like to categorize things so that people can understand it better, but they don't understand the difference between the nature of God the nature of man in the sense where you have God, the creator of all, the one that basically establishes everything. And then you have the nature of man, which is prideful, like to the T prideful. They want to see themselves as 
the epitome of everything that is good or they justify whatever it is that is in their heart as good but mm-hmm. yet they never want to equate to what god deems as justice mm-hmm. or as good yeah i mean whatever whatever it looks like it either way like having to you know i again i, I don't know and i and i can admit i don't know anything about what that is you know but if it's like you know, level one is, you know, you're going to have an itch in your back your whole life and you can't scratch it. And level two is going to have an itch plus an earache your whole life. You know what I'm saying? Level like, three, you chop off the foot. Le- level three, you have hemorrhoids, <laughs> itch on your back. And, you know, yeah. level four, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. either way, it's terrible. You know or what I mean? Like, like, even as you read, there was no classification. There's none. Yeah, it's just, look, that's where you are. You see these demons, Satan himself being in the same place. It's destined for them. It's destined for you. This is your place, and you know how hot the fire, how much the 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 thirst, and whatever. I mean, that's it's up to God at that point, right? Yeah. the The goal is <laughs> the goal is not to try to get near it to see if I can handle it. The goal is to say, I don't want to go there. Um, I I, I don't want to go there not only because I don't want the consequence of it. I don't want to go there because of the real consequences that. I'm missing out in this life mm-hmm. on a relationship with God, mm-hmm. the one who created me, the one who gives me value, the one who 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 loves me enough to, right? And so so I think that's the 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 bigger thing that you know people should be thinking about. But to keep going along so the the that view, the purgatory is the other view, right? So what happens? Some you know, some believe you go to purgatory, so this is generally um, Roman Catholicism would would endorse this piece uh, of of uh, of purgatory. So you have an opportunity to atone for your sin, or other people can pray for you. And if y'all pray hard enough for this person while they're in the afterlife, lighting candles or whatever is necessary, then that person can then be graced into heaven. So it's essentially uh, it's almost the same practice as baptizing an infant, mm-hmm. where you're you're trying to impose salvation upon the infant uh when when scripture is clear that uh that that uh for its repentance that's required right so so the infant can't repent um and so you know uh, it's like the the good luck charm like well if my kid dies like at least i know they go to heaven like all those little de- all those details like god is the he's a good judge God is is merciful. God is he will judge fairly. He he knows all things, right? So, you know, our nature our nature because of the fall of man is destined for eternal damnation. We are already condemned. That's the reality of life. Mm-hmm. But in his grace, he makes decisions as a good judge to make Give grace to those who he decides to give grace on. His word says he shows mercy on whom he decides to show mercy. And he is the person to decide that. I'm not the yeah. person to to impose that. But I think before you jump in, the, the, the practice of trying to impose salvation on 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 the infant in that regard. So through, you know, just putting water, okay, this person's good, they're going to heaven. And also praying for someone, you know, and putting candles and, you know, doing all that stuff for someone who is no longer with us. It's like the same practice, yeah. except one's infant, one is gone, and it's the same hope is that I can conjure up something for their life. When we see here in that verse that they, they are the ones responsible, we are individually responsible um, for how we navigate our relationship with God. Again, 
speaking, not again, but speaking from the humanistic standpoint, right? I have that mind frame. Speaking from the divine standpoint, he intervenes, he rescues me, he pours his grace, he gives me a new heart, he gives me a new spirit to obey him, he loves me, he cleanses me, he gives me, he does all the work from a worship standpoint. From a human standpoint, that's what happens, you know what I'm saying? Well, even um, the idea of purgatory is, um, it, it's very, Strange. I, I, I like it. I love the idea. I don't know about you, but if I had a, uh, a chance to to plead my case and and atone, I plead the fifth. <laughs> if I if I died right now, right, and purgatory did exist, and I I lived a lawless life and I was apart from God my whole life, didn't Not acknowledge Jesus, sure. and then now I'm at this crossroad where I see my options. I I see like okay, this is what I could have, and this is or I could be apart from God. At that moment, I think I'm going to choose the good one, right? Mm -hmm. I don't think anybody in their right mind would mm -hmm. ever choose a separation or choose hell, right. right? So the idea of I can understand why people would create that um, yeah. in their it, it eases whatever guilt, whatever shame, whatever thing that you know. Let's say I had a son and he lived a lawless life, and now I I can pray for his his soul. Sure. That that now he can go to heaven. But the reality, right. each person has their own yeah. choice. I think, um, like, a lot of times we minimize God's grace or we maximize mm. it. Uh, rather, you know, God is so gracious that he can forgive even beyond like god is limitless that he there's i'm sure love love will always win there, there's always christian there's christian theology he, he's not there. even bound to the afterlife sure there's the, how dare yeah. like i can die and still receive well at the end at the end the purgatory thing would say love wins love so wins. because god is love it surpasses even transcends even death yeah that's how powerful god's love is yeah and it's very hard for a person to grasp that God is sending plagues in the book of Revelation towards the end of time. God is literally shaking the earth of sin. Bowls of wrath are going to be poured out on people. One third mm. of the earth famine. I could keep going. Things are going to happen that are so drastic mm -hmm. that God is actually causing as 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 for people to repent of their sins to for people to turn yet they don't in the in revelation mm -hmm. right so from me looking in i'm like man whatever happened to god like the i can understand how a person can mm -hmm. view that as god you are unjust god like mm -hmm. how dare you like mm -hmm. aren't you supposed to be all forgiving mm -hmm. isn't love always supposed to win mm. and i say god's love is so 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 perfect mm -hmm that it demonstrated in wrath because what happens to if somebody um you know took advantage and raped one of my my, my somebody i loved or killed someone i loved wrath, sure wrath. i forgive them but that's only a supernatural thing sure. that jesus can do within me right because the holy spirit lives in me that i choose to forgive that right. person but justice has but to be carried justice, out right that person lives his life and he dies at 99 he dies at 100 110 lived a great life he was a billionaire he was lived his life he's good there was no justice for that sin mm -hmm. he chose to live his life without jesus now what his blood the actions that he did without the the resurrection without believing in jesus his sins still remain mm -hmm. and 
And those are the reason. Now, when Jesus comes back in Revelation, he, now you understand why he's coming back with blazing fire. Where he's coming back on a horse, ready for battle, and a wa mm -hmm. warriors behind him with a sword. Jesus with a sword. A lot of times we don't realize, <laughs> right? Jesus, like we don't think Jesus is coming back like that, you know. But the reality is coming back that because it's the purest demonstration yeah. of what you did to his babies. You know what I mean? It's crazy. That's crazy depiction, crazy like yep. dark, um, and that's where you you go into trouble, kind of going backwards um, to universalist is yep. where you get into trouble when you talk about um, that you have the Christian universalist where it say you know love wins, hell doesn't exist, and there's a book by Francis Chan that called Erasing Hell, so it's called Erasing Hell, and this was a book as a rebuttal to another book that was written that I won't mention. Um, the, I'll, I'll mention the pastor, his name is Rob Bell, um, where he preached and, and, and wrote a book about, um, uh, about the fact that hell does not exist, that love will win. And essentially, um, you know, that people would essentially go into that holding place and, you know, see mm -hmm. God's love, whatever, repent. And then, and then no one is going to go to hell. Then if that's the case, then the scripture is not accurately demonstrating what what scripture is saying jesus is saying he will do there's nothing in scripture that says what that man promoted in his book so this book erasing hell was created to compare all the topics that i'm mentioning so naturalists universalists and so forth um so that's a very dangerous mindset because you're setting people up for 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 failure in an epic way and that's terrible mm -hmm. to even say but um, so naturalist, universalist, uh, uh, we talked about purgatory, right? So, uh, reincarnation. So reincarnation would be the other thought process would be you die and you would just come back to life and you would keep coming back to life until you achieve that place where you're supposed to be ethically, morally mm -hmm. status, whatever that means. Then you get to a place of enlightenment mm -hmm. And then you'll go to paradise, right? Um, but it can take hundreds of thousands of years. Who knows what the standard is? It's relative. I have no idea. If you come back and you're a rich king, that man is is enlightened. He's got it all down. So if he's Deepak Chopra, you know, hey, that man's enlightened. So he's or definitely going to paradise, to right, to enlightenment. So whoever he comes back as, he's probably going to come back as the president or as whatever. It's like this weird thing status this weird standard that human that we create for individuals and there's from a philosophical standpoint there's zero basis for it because it self-destructs over and over and over and over and over and over and over again and um people try to make argument that there is an example of that in scripture when it references and says oh this person is the uh the the return of john or whatever or the, you know basically mm -hmm. like john in the flesh again and, it, and it's not it maybe someone had thought that when they said it but in no way does scripture endorse reincarnation doesn't promote it uh in fact scripture says a man dies once and then the judgment like there is no like you don't get a second chance bro like you're you died that's it. You're with the rich man. The rich man was the enlightened one. If reincarnation is true in that story, right? If Jesus believed in, in, in reincarnation, then that rich man was the status symbol of enlightenment. 
but he ended up on the other side. So uh, clearly Jesus does not believe in reincarnation. I mean, there's also that Egyptian um, storyline where uh, whatever you do during your life, you carry that over. So you're buried with your riches. And then when you end (laughs) up going close to Anubis, um, he'll put you on the scale. So whatever good you did in life will outbalance the the bad you did in life. So you'll end up going to what they deem as their heaven. If not, you just go to Hades. And then uh, thousands of years later, people broke into the tombs and took yeah. all the riches. Took all the gold. Yeah, exactly. It's crazy. That's crazy. It's crazy that, that some these, the thought process is so, something physical is going to transcend to the spiritual. That's how much. That's how 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 much you cling to this life. Yeah. To be like, I want to be buried with that's my golden like me, cat. Me uh, being buried with my cell phone, thinking that that's going to materialize in the spiritual realm. It's not real. It's not real. That's amazing. Yep. That's amazing to me. That that thought process. Yeah. Um. So then you have uh, annihilation is uh, annihilationism, I guess. So the mm-hmm. the Jehovah Witnesses would be preaching this and uh, to say that there is no place where there is ongoing torment. There will be place where you are separated from God, but you're annihilated from existence. Like you cease to exist, and that's it. It's almost like uh, easing. It's a comfort viewpoint it, it's it's uh so even if you did so happen to go to hell it, it, there's, there's no, no pain. ongoing suffering erased. right or there might be minimal uh payment so you might pay for like a couple years or whatever the 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 time frame god decides and then you're erased from memory and moment and then you there's nothing there's nothing after that so you just kind of see that as a, a mis- uh, misinterpretation of when uh scripture talks about the second death I could see that as that. Like, people think, oh, it's the second death, so then you just cease to exist. You're just dead. But yet, um, hell or the lake of fire is described in Revelation as even death is going to be thrown into the lake of fire. So you'll be with everlasting life. But yet, that torment's still there. Yeah, yeah I think Scripture is pretty clear in that in that the the lake of fire is an everlasting and, and the... And, presence with god is everlasting so both are everlasting places that you will spend so if we believe in annihilation i remember um, somebody i knew was talking about when they used to be jehovah witness and they were uh, they went to a prison they went yeah and they were preaching or whatever that was one of the topics that came up and these are prisoners that are that are there and um and clearly opportunity to really think about life and sin and whatever, whatever, because, you know, that gets thrown out there. Um, and the question came about hell. You know, I did this, this, now. Am I going to, am I going to go to hell? And I guess out of pure, just as pure as they could be and to, to articulate their philosophy, they said, well, you know, should you decide not to uh, repent of your sins, then you would, you would cease to exist so god you would uh you know would just annihilate you and the guy said the prisoner said um oh that i'm good with that you know god didn't do nothing for me anyway so if he destroys me that doesn't matter no doubt and he walked away but there's lack of accountability for any action it's it. just so that's like, it there's no punishment i just get eliminated why it don't matter anyway right like yeah his life sucked anyway so eternity's gonna suck too so might as well yeah do it cool if that's real, I'm out. But then it's like you're living your whole life without that purpose. Like you just realize you're nothing. Like you know, it's it, kind of like Darwinism. You are nothing. Yeah. You turn nothing. With the exception of if you do well, 
if you do well enough or you end up on the side that is the quote good side then you get reward right you get whatever reward means in the in the in the mind frame of of uh of interpreters right mm-hmm. so you know diapers and babies playing harps or whatever some weird that's some weird sick stuff think mm-hmm. about that you knew, remember you mentioned the cartoons earlier like with uh satan and yep. in in uh you know Pitchfork. yeah in the same cartoons in Looney Tunes, they depict like uh, in heaven, heaven you have the these babies in diapers, babies. and then they're yeah playing harps and stuff. But they don't that describe the cherubims actually with four faces that's and eyes sick. all over the faces. It's sick stuff, dude. Like six wings. They don't describe yeah. the actual. So yeah, I knew, literally just thought about it right now. That well, is some like, sick. Uh, I, I saw a uh, Revelation series on YouTube, right? Uh, great series. Uh, it's called The Fuel Project. That's right. Yeah, yeah. It's really nice. Uh, towards the end, because <laughs> there's a lot of hours, but towards the end he's describing like what the bible describes as what heaven's like mm. and he's like a lot of times uh we think heaven right but it's actually a recreation of the new of a new earth mm-hmm. so uh it's going to be like a physical place like we do and he's like there's going to be a, there's like a tree that has different fruit like the portrait of being clouds and just one gate and you know you're floating right mm-hmm. you're not bored out of your mind <laughs> which is a re- that's not reality sure there's gonna be you know beautiful plants beautiful flowers different colors like amazing things that we have it's like a foreshadow of what we have right now but uh, intense so if you ate a fruit fully in the presence of fully, god fully like everything is free from from imp- uh from uh imperfection so when you eat a fruit it's the way god had made it to be when you're when you're we're tasting uh when you're working is no there's no to- like sweat from your br- like you're enjoying mm-hmm. like everything that it was supposed to be in the garden mm-hmm. of adam and eve when adam and eve you know uh it's like a returning to that and and it's not this thing that you're floating and nobody wants to be there what are you gonna do there's no music like what are you gonna right. be doing i'm Where's like i'm listening to harps yeah, <laughs> like you're gonna be you're gonna be in communion sure. you're gonna be in communion with god with people yeah. and yeah it's great i mean that's something that is a lot more attractive than so a lot of times we have a confusion of what hell is like even that pitchfork yeah. thing like that never made sense to me mm-hmm. like how so i always thought okay this this demonic thing this de- demon even satan himself is going to be persecuted from his actions mm-hmm. What gives him the authority in this other realm to hit, attack me with a pitchfork? Mm-hmm. We're on the same level, homie. Like, I always thought about that. Like, <laughs> put that man in the choke. Really. Yeah, yeah, I was like, that, that made no sense, that pitchfork sure, yeah. thing. So, the concept that we have of heaven is misconstrued, and the concept we have of hell is misconstrued. And um, that could lead to, right? That could lead to. to what's to, the point? Right, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, what a lot of people have confused about that I've learned a lot is, uh, especially when they're reading, uh, reading Revelations, is when. Um, you have that span when God sends out the plagues, like John was talking about, where uh, the dragon's chained, and then God lets him loose. And then all of a sudden, they're just, like, finding out what he has the keys. Like, he can get out whenever he wants to. And, like, you see him deceiving all these people once again, and then people still fall. And then that's when God, like, steps in, and then that's when the second earth comes about. Mm-hmm. But people have that confusion that, Look, it's Satan. He can get chained, unchained whenever he wants to. He was in the presence when uh, everything was happening with Job. Like, mm-hmm. can he go in and out? Does he have that much power? And people confuse that, especially um, this is like the magic side once again. Mm-hmm. But they have it where he's the Lord of the Flies, Beelzebub. So he's hovering, and Earth is his kingdom, and the world is his kingdom. But yet, 
they like to give these depictions that Satan has all this power, when mm. yet God is the one that basically steps in and crushes him like nothing. So what is your view on that, on the, the dragon and, and all that? Man, that was, honestly, I'm not going to lie, that's one of the most confusing things in the entire Bible for me. I never got mm. why there's going to be a thousand years, um, but I have to take certain things. Like, I believe the Bible is uh, with no errors. Mm -hmm. So for me, I'm like, wow, like... I don't understand why there's going to be a period of time after all these things. There's a thousand year. But it, to me, from what I read and from what I kind of studied, uh, just watching, you know, different uh, videos and stuff. Um, my understanding is that there um, there's going to be a time where the see the bowls of wrath. Mm -hmm. So the way that uh, it's described uh, in Revelation is split into like kind of different phases. So um, in the beginning chapters of revelation it's uh geared towards christians mm. right then it goes uh christians most likely will be dead this sounds kind of thing but there's going to be a mass persecution famines different things trumpets right yeah uh, seals mm -hmm. seals and then uh trumpets once the seals and trumpets um most likely christians will be very low population or non-existent right. um and then it goes into bowls of wrath bowls of wrath are for non-believers their their bowls intended for repentance so mm -hmm. those are where those plagues come in all those things mm -hmm. they still don't it's kind of like a foreshadow of what happened uh in moses time with you know with mm -hmm. pharaoh mm -hmm. the hardening of the hearts mm -hmm. the plagues it's kind of like mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. so the bowls of wrath is that after that there's gonna you know there's the the uh, satan is gonna be enchained for a thousand years and then that's where i was like why certain things i don't grasp mm -hmm. i i still don't quite understand but for, uh from the little that i understand um there's still those people that reigned without for a thousand years reign without satan being uh, loose mm -hmm now we'll have another opportunity they did not know so those people didn't know like what we know we we're living in a time where satan is very active in this mm -hmm. world you know mm -hmm. uh his demon demonic presence so it's like this final judgment for them and then he'll be locked away forever and that's where you'll see the mm -hmm. lake of fire change like forever right well, you know so correct me if i'm wrong but yeah I and mean, i can't speak to it so i don't, I don't, I don't, I don't feel like i have a strong enough um yeah. study in mm -hmm. that specific that i and could neither speak do i i speak from it, yeah. the little understanding that i do have mm -hmm. and there's certain things that and that was one of the biggest ones i was like why a thousand years why mm -hmm. you know yeah. uh but that's all i can project is that there is going to be an extra time for those people that mm -hmm. for repentance or whatever we should yeah. find someone who will come in and, and talk about that. It's just yeah, that yeah. verse. It could literally be a, uh, yeah, it could be like a 30-minute like just interview yeah. of an individual who can talk specifically through it. But what what are your um I mean, I, I don't know that much about it, so I can't really speak about it in that behalf. But um, I've heard things of people saying that the only reason he got chained up uh, for a thousand years is basically just because that was God's favorite angel type of thing. And... God felt so much love for him that he doesn't want to completely destroy him, give him like a last chance type of thing. But mm. that, yeah, that's, that can't that's be true because he's not. Yeah. yeah, 
Because uh, hell yeah, is designed for him, good, so he can't like, repent. And he in can't the Bible, describes him. He's the father of all lies. So yeah, he can't turn away. There's, yeah. yeah, there's, there's like just like that chasm yeah. <laughs> that you described. Yeah. There's, there's a point where of no return. Yeah, so. there. Yeah, he's, he's, yeah. he's like, there. So there's nothing. That's something yeah. people don't understand. Like hell was specifically made for mm-hmm. Satan and mm-hmm. his angels. Like mm-hmm. that, that whole thing was made specifically mm-hmm. for him. Mm-hmm. When you like disobeyed God and you lived that life that you wanted to live, like you've become attached now. So now you're gonna go ple- basically to a spot that's yeah. that wasn't what God intended for you, but yet we wanted to follow in that pursuit. So if if you uh, are listening and and uh, you want to chime in on this uh, eschatology uh, discussion, that would be fantastic. If you're local to where we are, hit us up. Uh, proof beyond reason at gmail.com send me a message on facebook or hit me up if you know me <laughs> personally if you know me geology jmo uh hit us up and uh, we can um we would love to have you on the show talk to you a little bit about um you know what what that means obviously we'll do our own research now that we've gotten on topic and we're like hmm yeah we need to <laughs> dig in a little bit so whoever comes they you need to be ready because we're going to be ready with content as well but um you know but i think in overall I think to kind of conclude uh, and c- to go back to the reference of, of Erwin Lutzer, he says, and in kind of just finishing that statement, he says, thankfully, Jesus suffered parched lips that we might be able to drink from the wells of salvation. He endured the thirst of hell so that its fires might be quenched for us. Of those in heaven, we read, never again will they hunger. Never again will they thirst. The sun will not beat on them, nor any scorching heat. For the lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd. That's such ironic, right? The lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd. He will lead them to springs of living water, and God will wipe away every tear from their eye. Revelation seven sixteen. That is the promise that we have in Christ is... is and 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 in 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 this uh, in in our in the system in in Christianity, um, in biblical Christianity, that is what uh, we believe is that there is uh, a place in which uh, there's will be a time in which judgment is inevitable, and we will all be judged, and unless we have our advocate, unless we have the one who has paid uh, the ransom on our behalf, we are subjected to the the judgment of God. And I don't think any of us, I don't want to, I do not want to be judged by the, a, the perfect one, the perfect one. Is that only God could judge me? Right. When you have that tattooed, you know, only God can judge me. It's true. It is absolutely true, right? Because God knows your intentions. He knows your heart. He knows where you are. People see some of the things that I do and they don't understand and they want to. But many of those cases, when you see that, only God can judge me. That is the scariest thing to think about. Only God can judge me because he is the perfect one. And when he judges, he does not judge on a curve. He doesn't judge on a weighted scale. He doesn't judge giving you extra extra credit. This is not, you know, he judges 
perfectly and that is scary Mm -hmm. that is scary that he knows my thoughts he knows my intentions Mm -hmm. he knows where my eyes go he knows where my desires are he knows where my idols truly are he knows what i thought about what i felt and what i did and everything before starting the podcast and if in the words of paul washer if we were to take those thoughts and everything that you did and put them on a projector screen and just project them for everyone to see you would run out of the room embarrassed because of the things that you've done and the things that you've thought and the things that you felt and your desires and all those things accumulated we will be judged on all those things and if you feel that you are safe and that you because you're a good person and that you can weigh out your good and bad deeds think again because then you are putting yourself as a standard you're putting the standard of other people if i compare myself to john there's certain things Sure, I can say, yeah, sure, I'm better than him at, but there's some things that he's better than me at. So where's the standard, right? Oh, you sinned in here, but John can be like, yeah, but you are terrible in this area in your life. And like, dang, that's true. All I have to do is surround myself by with horrible people around me. And you feel <laughs> better. Be and you feel better, right? But, but the reality is we are the horrible people. The people sitting at this table, apart from God, apart from his grace, we are the horrible people. So it is very important for us to reflect on death. It's important for us to reflect on sin. It's important for us to reflect on the afterlife. And, and, and to be quite honest, as transparent as I can be, when I have those moments, I'm just thinking about life and what could be, what is to come in the afterlife. In spite of my 100% faith in God, I get super, super nervous. And I, and I just thinking about it, it freaks me out. And there's this uncertainty and I get anxious and I get like emotional. I'm already doing it now. Like literally, like I get a little emotional because I think about it. It's because I don't, I, you know, I can read it. I can believe it. I can be confirmed in it. But it's almost like I take a, if, I, if I'm taking a flight to Alaska, right? I've never been to Alaska. So on the way to Alaska, I'm going to be pretty nervous. Mm-hmm. I don't know what to expect. I don't know if I land and, you know, I don't know what's going to be there. Actually, I've seen pictures, but when I get there, it's a little bit different. Mm-hmm. I feel the same way. Oh, uh, no, I was going to say is that um, a lot of people believe that they're good. They're good people and that they have good actions. Um, there was this, this guy in the Bible, the young rich ruler. He was young. He was rich. He had a lot of money. Uh, equivalent to one of these millionaires at age 25, you know, something like that, mm. you know, to put social it, media. Yeah. Yeah. yeah something <laughs> like that. Just million or billionaires, yeah. whatever you want to call it. Um, uh, but also was moral. Mm. So there, right. at the time there was, there were they, um, Jewish people, they, they had the, uh, it was like time of the law. So they mm-hmm. had the 10 commandments, different laws. Right. And so he goes up to Jesus and he's like, hey, um, what must I do to inherit, you know, eternal life? And Jesus looks at him. He's like, well, obey all the Ten Commandments, obey the law. And he goes, I've done everything since I was little. And Jesus, the Bible says that he, he loved him. He like looked at him. And just like you were saying, if I had that projector, like, if I was judging based on what the just those Ten Commandments mm. and those things, I would be like, I'm a good person. But then Jesus went further and was like, well, um, you know, give everything you have and just come follow me. Come be with me. And that guy went away sad because mm. he couldn't do it. Mm. 
So there's an element of your best actions, your best efforts mm -hmm. are not enough to atone for you. Yeah. Jesus, has, you have to be walking with Jesus. And whatever that looks like, you know, you have to give up everything to get everything. In the 100%. 100%. So give that thought. You know, everyone who's listening, like I said in the beginning, whoever has an ear to hear, let them hear, right? So um, uh, may your you know, may, may you respond to the call that, you know, it, oh, it's only in Christ, repent of your sin, uh, seek after him, pray to him, ask him for forgiveness, um, and, uh, and walk with him. You know, if you have questions, hit us up, uh, G, any, anything, any last things you want to say? Or? No, man, just to touch upon, uh, exactly what John was saying, um, Solomon, the wisest of the wisest, like he diverted from the path Mm -hmm. um the faith and in the end he saw that everything was vanity without god so ecclesiastes mm -hmm. that's it that's it and you know um and i think it, i think it's proverbs that you know um it's better to to be uh in like the cemetery or in the presence of uh like amongst the dead than to be um uh like in a party with fools or something like i forgot what the what the exact um phrases but uh essentially it's to reflect on death to be in a cemetery a place of the dead to you know to look that it's better to do that not saying like you got to be you know this dude's chilling in cemeteries all this strange but if you had to reflect on life that's where you need to be you need to think about that um you're only given like 80 80 90 years tops and then eternity people don't measure how vast eternity is like sure. it's not measured by numbers like yeah. people don't comprehend that yeah well when i was in georgia and we went because you always when you're on vacation for some reason there's always a place a cemetery you have to go visit right so i go visit the cemetery it's a beautiful cemetery gorgeous cemetery and and I, I, it just hit me so hard when i'm walking around and i see uh 80 90 100 years old and then i see five months I see a year old. I see two years old. I see 30 years old. I see 20 years old. I see 15 years old. Age doesn't discriminate. Or yeah. death doesn't discriminate uh, based guaranteed. on age. Not guaranteed tomorrow. It's today. That's it. The little tombstone, you have the birth date, you have the end date, and then you have the dash, right? That The expression goes, what are you going to do with your dash? And that's that's it. I was looking at those dates, and some of those dudes were dead from like the seven. They were dead in the 1700s. They've been dead longer than they were alive. That's a long time they're dead. And that's just like in my head. Mm -hmm. This stone is there, but they're not here no more. And my life, nobody knows this dude who's laying here. Psh, my life is just equally vanishing. I think some people, you know, we're posting stuff on social media and they got a little bit of following. Nobody knows you in 100 years. <laughs> and even nobody. if you do build up that legend, eventually history will warp you will be forgotten at some point like yeah. you know what i'm saying but only today do we have an opportunity to uh repent and seek after god so any last things john uh, no all right so we thank you so much guys for listening again check us out uh we're on all, all platforms soundcloud itunes instagram facebook that's it get at us uh proof beyond reason at gmail.com send us uh facebook uh, direct message and instagram fa direct message Whatever you like, we are here to uh, to love you, to pray for you. Um, and if you have any topics you want to hear, let us know. We are happy to uh, bring it to you. So love you guys.